we have Neil here from the awesome WTAF This Country podcast. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us, Neil. Absolute pleasure. We also have Laura with us. Hello, as ever. <laughs> and we just <laughs> wanted to talk to Neil about Peep Show, This Country, and his great show. So, Neil, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. Very well. And yourselves? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, not too bad. It's a rainy, miserable day here in London. I don't know. What... Where are you, Neil? Uh, well, we're in the Cotswolds, basically where this country is set. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, yes, yeah, rainy and miserable here, but then okay, that's good. the norm, isn't it? It's England weather. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's just miserable everywhere. Now, being from the Cotswolds, does this country have a, a like a... A deeper meaning like do you, do you relate with it more well you do because you know of where they speak in certain things um but obviously with this country a lot of the characters i think are quite universal to elsewhere you know you we we spoke about we did an episode about mandy episode two recently where we ran down the episode and um every town seems to have a character like that which i think is quite succinct with what this country is all the characters are relatable elsewhere but it does mean a lot to us because obviously it was originally written i live in a town called sirencester and the very first series was going to be called kerry and that was going to be set in sirencester but unfortunately due to whatever constraints they had or whatever they didn't film it there and they filmed it in a neighboring town called north leach but it, yeah it does mean a lot to us because we know the people involved we know of who they are and etc so yeah yeah it means a lot to us it's it's quite nice coming from this area i wanted to ask you about that actually because i was thinking um particularly while i was listening to episode two mandy and i thought that i think for a start that um daisy and charlie who write the show have got a real affection for where they're from clearly even though they it's presented as being pretty bleak in some ways and clearly you've got an affection for it and i was thinking I don't think you could write that same comedy and have the affection for the place in London. I just don't think it would work. And I was thinking how envious I was of that, really, to not come from somewhere where people have got that affection for it. Like, London's too big. There are too many people. You couldn't really incorporate the place in quite the same way, I don't think, outside of a small town. No, that's a great point, because I think the town itself is, like, kind of a third character in the show yeah i agree and i just don't think you could do that where i'm from so yeah i think it's nice to have something that's set in rural england rather than it always be london or your birmingham's or your manchester's and the big cities it's quite nice to be somewhere rural you know it's not somewhere that's always addressed and it's yeah it, it does feel close to home and and that's a nice feeling although obviously it's quite a mickey take of <laughs> Of, of some of the characters and well that's what it is isn't it it's a characterization of the the people that live in these sort of areas but yeah no I'm, I'm, we're proud of it we think it's great and we're very proud of daisy and charlie and everybody involved i think they've done such a great job and they they are local aren't they too? yeah yeah they're from yeah. daisy and charlie slugs um obviously paul who plays daisy's um Kerry's dad in the show is actually <laughs> real dad They're real dad isn't it yeah. yeah it's all very yeah they are from all around here so yeah like i say we, we sort of we've known them along the way and when they did their pilot episode kerry which was uh going to be recorded for an alternate um station 
well, they came in for an well, Kerry, um, Kerry, Daisy <laughs> came in for an interview. And uh, it was nice to see the progression from what she spoke about, how it was going to be to what it is now and through. Uh, it's Yeah, it's just very, very good. I, I think it's a hilarious show. But how does, it, how does it go in America, by the way? Is it played well over there? Or I'll be honest. I think I'm the only person over here. My wife and I are the only two people that have ever watched it over here. <laughs> oh, really? It was, I, I told him to watch it back in the summer. And he enjoyed it, but I don't think it's had any kind of airing over there, no. has it? No, not at all. No. No, it's not no. gone on the BBC sort of, the, you know, the international BBC thing, no. Um, I don't have cable, so I don't actually know if it's on BBC America or not, but I'd be highly surprised if it was. I It really doesn't strike me as the kind of show that would have any sort of traction over here at all. Mm. What do you feel, Neil, is the... Um, like, obviously, you're, you're close to... To, to the place and to the, the people that have, have been writing it, you've known. How has it played out in this country even? Because I don't know many people that have seen it. Me and my husband watched it and we've told people along the way, oh, you must see this, it's hilarious. But it's not something that I've heard many people talking about. Well, we've, um, since doing the podcast, we've been in touch with many people up and down the country and it seems to have resonated really well with people. I mean, we speak to people from Cornwall right up to Scotland and they all seem to have really enjoyed it. And I know the viewing figures, which obviously is why they've commissioned a second series, which is out very soon. We're going to the press screening of that on Monday. Yeah. Um, I know the viewing figures were very strong. Um, and I'm glad because I kind of, I was a bit worried that it hadn't got enough attention for that first series. No, I, I, I mean, it didn't do it, itself any harm when you had Russell Brand, Jack Whitehall and people like that, you know, famous English comedians who were all retweeting it and saying, you've really got to see this. So, yeah, Twitter went mad for it, didn't it? Because yeah. that was the, that was kind of the the place that when we well, I think even after we watched the first episode, because it came out week by week, didn't it? It wasn't all in one. No, part. that's right. They did it as a serial on the iPlayer, and then yeah, they were showing it on mainstream BBC One after Match, Match of the Day, the day wasn't on it? Saturdays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I think that um, I think it needs a better slot on BBC One or BBC Two for people to. Absolutely. But I believe, yeah. I mean, not too shabby a figure, I believe they were getting over a million viewers on that Saturday night show. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh well, that's, that's respectable. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty impressive. And that is very good, isn't it? And also, when, you know, they were asked to come and do the comic relief. They did a comic relief sketch, so which is a big event in, obviously, the UK. Um, is it every other year, isn't it? So, yeah, they were asked to do a yeah. sketch for that. So I think it's got legs, this. It's got real legs. Because the, the crux of the sitcom, which is we think with most sitcoms, although it can be funny and you can think, oh, that's a loser of a character or that character's a sad case or whatever, uh, the crux of all sitcoms, you need heart. You need something that's got a heart to it and you need to relate. And this country, whether you're from the city or whatever, you can see that heart beating through it. And that's what we all like about it. Oh, definitely. I think the fact that, that it's... The characters are, even though they're larger than life, they're relatable. Every, like you say, everyone knows a Mandy. Every town's got some weird woman wandering about with tattoos and tin <laughs> cats, and you know everyone knows these yeah. people. And yeah, I always and call them is... the sovereign ring woman. You know, the person <laughs> that still insists on wearing sovereign rings. You always see them. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much you know about. I'm in East London, but I work in Dagenham, and I'll tell you, every other woman 
is sovereign ring woman. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm a teacher, and most of the mothers I see are sovereign ring mothers. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that a no, is really... that a, a UK joke that I just went right over my head? They're like big gold rings, like they've that like sovereign coin on a gold ring, oh. and they are like the mark of the chav. Yeah, they okay, are. Okay. They're, they're, yeah. And they're horrendous. Yeah. I uh, literally, the back of my neck shivers. You know, I literally <laughs> shiver when I see somebody wearing them. I think, why? And what would ever possess you to think that looks good? But anyway, you guys is you guys' review of Mandy prompted me to prompted me to go back and watch that episode. And oh my god, I just forgot how fucking funny that episode is. I know, I know. I always laugh at the bits when she shouts at her dog. Fuck off, Tyson. <laughs> I just think you hear that expression, but usually in certain towns, it's to the children, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed when you, um, I don't know if it was on that episode or if it was when you spoke to the actress uh, talking about the tattoo book and how the art department had made it, but they hadn't seen it until they got it out and they ad-libbed that. And watching it again, knowing that was ad-libbed and kind of watching the actors' faces and and particularly watching Daisy clearly trying not to laugh was making me laugh in itself. Well, that's the joys of Daisy. If you watch her in every episode, she's got the perfect... We've spoken about it on the episode, guys. She's got the perfect dumb look or just the look at the camera, which is... Almost harks back to silent comedy. If you watch like Laurel and Hardy and things like that, the way they look at the camera, Daisy's got that down to a T. And yeah, she's got a very good kind of almost like uh, a sort of David Brent look, almost. Yeah, Yeah. and um, that's what she utilised in that episode so well, especially looking through that book when (laughs) with the certain figures, you know, Justin Bieber and Grant from EastEnders, or it could be the guy from MasterChef if we put glasses on him. Is that a wolf? My is that a pig? No, it's there. a wolf. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, like a dog um, sniffing a bum hole. <laughs> Tasmanian devil, when she just says Tasmanian, that was the yeah. bit that got me. That was just the way she just sort of bluntly says Tasmanian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Sean, when you watched This Country then for the first time, and obviously you do a, a peep show uh, podcast, how did you find it compared between the two? I know they're different sort of styles, aren't they? Uh, they're different sort of styles. I really enjoyed both. Sh- I really enjoyed both shows, kind of on their own merit. Um, I've also Laura also got me into a show called People Just Do Nothing. Well, I've not heard of that one. Um, oh, have you not? It's um, that's a BBC Three as well. I was actually going to mention People Just Do Nothing when I was talking about the setting because it's quite a similar show in lots of ways with the sort of characterization of like everyone knows it's about a pirate radio station oh people... yes i have tell a lot yeah. it's within like the council block isn't it with... that's right yeah, yeah and that's set in west london and but the the setting other than the fact it's sort of a grimy urban setting the setting doesn't have much sort of it could be anywhere urban mm. do you know what i mean and that's what i was thinking of when i was talking about the the setting yeah, okay, yeah, no, I have seen that one. The the guy that made me laugh was the one that worked in the electrical shop, the um with the pony. Your buddy Jay. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jibuti, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he was the guy that made me laugh. Yeah, I haven't seen every episode of that, but I did watch that. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think it's a great time for um British comedy again at the moment. We went through that lux of having, you know, the start of like Mrs. Brown's Boys. Now I don't want to knock that too much, but. It, yeah, it, it did get more viewers than the Queen on Christmas Day, so you know. 
Oh, someone's watching it. Well, no, I know, and I'm not going to knock them. I can see what they're trying to achieve. It's not for me, but I like the fact that you, the fact that you've got like Peep Show. Then they did that new one on Channel Four, didn't they? Uh, Mitchell and Webb with uh, what was it? Back. Back. I watched that one. That was yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. We podcasted on Back, um, and they are making a second series of that apparently. Well, so they need to because it left. Good, yeah, yeah. It was so funny, and then I watched something on Four as well and I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a sitcom but it was funny in its own right have you I don't know whether I hope you've seen it end of the fucking world yeah we oh yeah we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago Sean didn't like no, it. no did I liked it I just it was it was just super bleak and I was getting a little uncomfortable at some points with just how like bleak the show was um it was very dark yeah. wasn't it very yeah, dark comedy, it was black comedy it was very dark but it was making me laugh and I mean, we were um I watched it with my husband, who I always say, oh, all right, you're a little bit autistic. And he he was definitely identifying with the boy in that a little bit too much. He was laughing a bit too hard at points. <laughs> it, it came on uh, Netflix over, Netflix commissioned it over here. Okay. And they did, you know, a pretty big promotional push for it. So I'm assuming that unlike some of these other shows, uh, other people that I know have probably watched End of the Fucking World, so... Yeah, so, I mean, it's another one. It's it's like um, uh, the other series, I think, is just out of this world. It's Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. Oh, you know, oh yeah, it's amazing. It's just phenomenal, that is. I just can't And it's only got better good. since Netflix have, have taken it over and it's had a bigger budget, clearly. Mm. It's only improved, I think. Well, if you if you look at the directors, I mean, you've got Joe Wright, who's just directed uh, Darkest Hour, did the episode with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Jodie Foster did directed an episode, and people like that have all come on board, and just the writing, isn't it? But again, that's something that's really funny, but yet again, really fucked up. I don't know how quite to describe it. That first episode, the very first episode with the Prime Minister and the pig, it just left me feeling really uncomfortable. Yet it was funny. And also, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, didn't know how quite to feel about it. I remember. I will, uh, that was when I first heard about the show, was when it turned out that your prime minister might have actually had relations with a animal, correct? Mm. So yeah, say, yeah. yeah. Charlie Brooker predicted that. Yeah, I <laughs> love Black Mirror. I mean, I just, uh, 15 million credits or 12 million credits, whatever it is, the second episode is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the Netflix epi- all the Netflix episodes. Yeah, I've, I think it's a really good show. Mm. I still always do prefer the British episodes, though. I'm always I, I don't know if this is just my inbuilt xenophobia, but I'm, <laughs> I do always prefer. The they British always ones come across as a bit darker, don't they? The British episodes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. They're always a bit edgier. The British ones. Mm. I love Metalhead recently. The black and white one. Oh, see. Neil, oh, yeah. You and I might yeah. go back and forth a little bit on that one because I got, I liked it. I got where they were going with it, but I hated the end of it. Right. Yeah. Well, they never seem to have a good ending in the sense of a happy ending or anything like that. It's not there. No. What didn't you like about the end? Spoilers ahead. Oh, yeah. This is Black Mirror spoilers. Um, <laughs> one thing that I like about Black Mirror is I like when they do a lot of world building in the episodes. And so that you, you know, uh, nosedive like you they do a ton of world building in nosedive like people are rated on a scale of one to five and based on their rating they 
get perks. And so, like, you are very aware of what's going on in the world, and it makes total sense in context. In this one, you're like, okay, there's Apocalypse, and then there's robot dogs. Like, where the fuck did these robot dogs come from? Why do they hate humans? Et cetera, et cetera. And, um, but I liked it because it was very tense, especially, you know, when she was, like, in the tree throwing rocks at it. And you're like, oh, my God, how the hell is she going to get out? Um, you know, so there was, like, some stuff that I liked about it. But I just didn't feel like there was enough world building, which is weird because I feel like Black Mirror does, usually does a really good job of, in two or three minutes, kind of explaining the setting and what the hell is going on. Mm. I can see that. I can see what you're saying. And, um, and I agree with you that normally... Black Mirror is very good at setting that scene, and that one wasn't so so great. But I did enjoy it. Like my favourite one of this series just gone was Hang the DJ, which was the the what? Sorry, I missed that. Um, Hang the DJ, the one with the dating app where yeah. they knew how long they were going to be dating for. Oh um, yeah, that's quite. Uh... And it was quite a. In some ways, it was quite simple. Like the world building, it didn't take the technology. Wasn't out of the question, was it? Like you know, if they launched that, you'd believe it. Mm. Um. And I, I seem to, I think I prefer the lower key ones where it's not, you know, robot dogs. <laughs> Did you but not think that, though, that metalhead though? Do you not think the dogs were the cause of the apocalypse? Yeah, that's how I read it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely how I read it too. But I mean, it's like, where did they come from? Were they military? Were they, you know, what were they? I guess that probably because it's all about technology, isn't it? It's probably the um, AI sort of pets that they would. Uh, Oh, that's what I like a guard dog. <laughs> it was like those little. Give me two minutes. Hang on. You keep talking. I'm just the baby's crying. Okay. I'm just going to take her up to her dad. Hang on. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, are there any American TV shows that you watch? Um, I'm a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm um, fan. Although I didn't think the last one on Sky Atlantic that we had over here was as good as the others. I think it got a bit too caricatured itself even but it had its funny moments but the first sort of four series of Kirby Your Enthusiasm I just think a pure genius uh, Larry David just yeah he does it for me Yeah, I, I'm um, a Seinfeld fan and I've never watched Curbed really? Yeah. Oh, I would highly recommend it, it, it <clears throat> I think it's over I mean I understand why Larry David's still doing it I think the money's too much for him not to but like I say, the first four, maybe five series are just oh man, I could I can put them on repeat. Um, so they're hilarious. I like the American Office. Um, I Sorry, I'm back in the room. What was the one? question? <laughs> what are we uh, talking the about? American Office versus the UK Office. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I prefer the American over the English. Um, unfortunately, when I first watched the English, when I thought it was a bit of a one-trick pony, it didn't. It was the same thing, and I just couldn't relate to um, David Brent. That's um, that's controversial. I'm going to say that's. Um, I know it is. I, I know. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly do not agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I know Sean prefers the American I, nope, Office, but nope, nope, he's that American. is incorrect. I've never watched The Office. <laughs> oh, have you nope. not watched The Office? Who am I thinking? I have of? no idea. Um, I don't know any other Americans, so no. So what? Um, other? I'm not. I'm. It's no disrespect to you. I'm not overly fond of a lot of like, uh, you know, the third rock from the sun and all of that, the big bang theory and all of, I just, I can't, I don't get it. That sort of situation comedy where I always say the American shows where the round of applause where somebody just walks into a room, loses me straight away. Oh, I agree with you. I hate, 
um, I hate a lot of, I shouldn't say I hate, but I dislike a lot of sitcoms. Um, especially one, one thing that's nice is that they have moved away from laugh tracks and stuff like that. But, um, some of those old sitcoms where there's a laugh track are just painful to watch. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Did you know I'd never seen an episode of Friends till the end of last year? <laughs> that's crazy. I've been living under a rock. <laughs> I just, I, I'd seen bits of it and it just, when I walked into the room, I just thought, nah. To be fair, I don't think, nah, Sean, not... you've not seen them all, have you? Because I've spoken about Friends previously. Oh, I was and... going to say, Neil, you've watched one more episode of Friends than I have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it was only that I would met up with a load of people and they just would gobsmack that I'd never seen a whole episode of Friends, so they forced me to sit and watch one. See, I think I was growing and, up at the, exactly the time that Friends was around, so I saw them all as a young teenager. That was the kind of no, Sadie. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Laura. I I, I should have really been watching it because everybody I knew was watching it. Absolutely everybody, but I seen I just could not do it. You know, my idea of an American sitcom back then to enjoy was The Muppet Show. <laughs> That's the one that I would laugh at. You know, not not Friends. Friends lost me. I, I wasn't even a fan of like Happy Days. There you are. Those controversial. <laughs> I never really liked Happy Days. Or uh, although I did like The Monkeys. That's going right back. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't around when it first came out, out but they used to repeat it quite regularly on uh, terrestrial TV here. And I used to love the monkeys, but happy days, nah. Yeah, I watched the monkeys when I was a little kid and just thought it was yeah. uh, thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was absolutely great. So how did you think um, Back compared to Peep Show then, Laura and Sean? Um, what do we think of Back compared to Peep Show? Yeah, we liked it, didn't we? I mean, it's it's ne- it was never going to be Peep Show. And we sort of went in knowing that. But I think it was, and it did well with the fans, I think, the kind of peep show demographic. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I, I thought some of the episodes were a little weaker, but I thought the last two episodes were phenomenal. Um, the one where they went on the little uh, trip to the vendors was great. The one where they had the little outdoor uh, festival behind the John Barleycorn was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think it suffered yeah, yeah. from being the episodes were overly long. Was what I felt. I think that's that was right. It could have, the writing could have been tighter, maybe. But you know, mm. it, it was a bit flabby in places. That was my feeling. But that's that's. See, I love David Mitchell. I absolutely love David Mitchell. Robert Webb is very good in programs like Peep Show and in um, Back. But I can't get on with him in other things if that makes sense he was in fresh meat wasn't he, was, he? he i didn't like fresh... him in that at all i have to say normally no. i didn't like him in that movie um oh where they were the nudists with the Olivia <laughs> oh, Wilde. um confetti. yeah no yeah, yeah i agree with you yeah i couldn't get on with him i there. always um <laughs> i always favored mitchell over webb i'll be honest uh but mm. i don't know if you've read um Webb's memoir that came out in the summer but we podcasted on it and it was extraordinary it was it was really it com- good it completely turned my view of Robert Webb around um oh, really? but I agree with you that in terms of his general acting not so great no because I well what put me off him he did that whole spin on when they did show BBC three 
on normal TV, um, on digital TV when it first came out, they used to do the movie mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did that whole slew of programmes about movie mistakes. And I thought, what the hell are you doing, man, from going to Peep Show to this show? I did. um, So I went to an In Conversation with him and Victoria Curran Mitchell after the memoir came out. And he addressed that, actually. He said that because he had a very... He had a very difficult father himself. His dad was an alcoholic and um, mm. not much of a provider, I think. And he said that one, when his first daughter was born, he had an absolute breakdown with work and was just taking any work that came his way. And Movie Mistakes was yeah. one of those. And he was he, he, someone in the audience had said, you know, you're, <laughs> you've had a very broad kind of spectrum of work like what were you thinking <laughs> and that was that was his explanation for that oh, I, oh but i'll agree with you that i it's, just thought it was for the paycheck, yeah it was it was poor and really... me and my husband used to joke that he was making up his bbc hours that uh that mitchell was making up on like qi Webb was doing movie mistakes that was uh <laughs> um, i really enjoy uh david mitchell on would i lie to you mm. oh yeah. yeah he's very good in that yeah yeah he's so well he's just very dry isn't he when he when he does like uh, Eight out of ten cats do countdown or any of those quiz of the years. I think he's just brilliant. Mm. I really do. Yeah, I really enjoy that dry sense of humor that he has. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, and so, well, I know we're we're rambling about just about sitcoms and that, but what about the IT crowd? Yeah, I love the IT crowd. Have you seen that, Sean? Uh, I'm just uh, I'm doing really good here. I have not watched IT Crowd, although. <laughs> It has been recommended to me by a bunch of different people. So, and I know it's on Netflix or uh, not Netflix, Hulu. But maybe one of these days I'll get around to watching it's it. Very, it's very, Absolutely. Funny. it's very funny. It's well worth a watch. The I think the fourth series, which was the final one, was a bit. It was like it got a bit silly towards the end. I, think, I don't think I enjoyed the fourth series. As yeah, much, it did. Yeah, but certainly the first two series are, are brilliant. I'm also well. It's gone. Carry on. Oh, Sean, I was going to say I'm also about. 80% sure that there is a American remake of that. I know they remade I believe, the, yeah, I the they remade the first episode and they did a pilot because the guy who plays Moss played the same part. They had two different actors for the other two characters, but he oh, came okay. back to reprise the same uh, role and I don't think it made it into a full series. Oh. It features one of my comedy legends in it, Chris Morris. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he, as Mr. Renham? I just, um, I was just struck with him. Um, first, obviously, came aware of the day to day. So if you've never seen that, Sean, highly recommend it. It's where Alan Partridge first made an appearance. Steve Coogan was all a part of it. Sean um, doesn't know about Alan Partridge. So... I've said this before. <laughs> and um, and I've said, oh, you need to watch Alan Partridge. But then I said, oh, I think it might be too English. Like, I'm not sure if you had never watched English TV sort of 20, 30 years ago. I'm not sure Alan Partridge in his first incarnation would make a lot of sense to you. I don't know if you agree with that, Neil, but I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. I don't know how an American audience would, would take those initial Alan Partridge as a sports presenter thing. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. But maybe if you started with, by watching, like, the Day Today, which was a current affairs programme, you can see, like, the genesis of um, Partridge and see where he mm. started. And then you can see how he went on to do the Knowing Me, Knowing You sitcom and then I'm Alan Partridge, which is still... <laughs> I'm just so glad the BBC have got him back. Yeah, I'm very um, excited for this unnamed Alan Partridge uh series that's that's mm. coming out this year apparently 
So there's one. And Chris Morris obviously went on to do Brass Eye, which caused a lot of controversy. Yeah, Bra- Brass Eye, Sean, is well worth your time as well. We're just giving you things you need to go and watch now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Here's a list of what to watch. Okay, so... The show comedy yeah. is great. Um, speaking of comedy and going back to this country real quick, have you seen the very, very fucking funny clip of of Daisy Cooper talking about stripping to ghetto romance? Yeah, to Raman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's she is a character, um, Daisy. I mean, if you listen back, we did a what we used to do a podcast called Movie Heaven, and she's a complete character. I mean, it's all done lighthearted and that, but she calls excuse my really strong language, but she calls Alan Rickman a cunt. Um, <laughs> it's honestly, she's a legend. She's a complete legend, and she's naturally very funny naturally very funny they both are actually um but yeah that's that conversation about a stripper is so funny am i right in thinking that that charlie cooper had no acting experience or wasn't yeah yeah had no you're completely right nor did her dad paul oh really the only one who had acting experience is the one who plays oh because he was in the queen's nose wasn't he i remember that yeah and he was he's been in a lot of a lot of stuff um he's in call the midwife oh is he i haven't seen that not that I watched it, but <laughs> I must just add. I mean, that's extraordinary. Sorry, if, if Yeah, if neither Charlie or Paul Cooper had any acting experience, because they're both exceptional with that. You would not think they mm. had no acting that like training or, or hadn't had any experience previously. No, it is real. And it come across so naturally. I mean, I think Charlie just, yeah, how he does it is it's so natural, the way he speaks. Because whenever I've done, tried to do a little bit, when we've done it for Pancast, myself and Pav, tried to do a little bit of acting for something, you can always tell that we're acting. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I agree with you because I'm a terrible actor. Like, not that I've tried for mm. many years, but I, I never, I've never been good at that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, we, we, I just hats off to anybody that can do it and make it come across so naturally. But to have had no training like Charlie or Paul had had. I just think it's brilliant. So has Paul got a real job then? Plan. Is Paul out there somewhere working in a bank? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's out there, yeah, doing something. That's not his full-time job, no. I, I, I can't imagine the reaction at work if I was just randomly in a sitcom and then just came back to, to work. Mm. <laughs> well, the same, same with the guy that plays Slugs. I mean, he does so much for us. Oh my god, in, in your he... most recent episode when you were discussing the way he runs down the street like the six million dollar man <laughs> when uh, when I went back and watched that episode, I was like, holy shit, he does run like the six million dollar man. <laughs> Have you seen the, I know. Um, someone made, I think it was on YouTube, it's a cut of If This Country Was a Horror Film and it's got that bit with him running saying he's alive, Rob Robinson's alive and that's how it starts and it's like, it was... It, I, <laughs> It's really funny. You should go and look See, that, that Rob Robertson, um, he's a real guy. This is what amazed us. He's based at, based on a real guy. So a lot of these situations that Daisy and Charlie have probably been embellished a bit and uh, sort of, um, <clears throat> you know, made a bit more extreme, but they're all based on real things. So, that, and that's, what's, that's what relates to us. It, we find it sort of funny. I think that, Not that I've ever known anybody <laughs> been plumbed before. <laughs> I think that shows, though, I think you can tell that they're based on anecdotes. And like you say, not that I've got, mm. you know, a plumbing anecdote, but everyone's got anecdotes like that about people they've known, particularly about people they went to school with. 
Yeah. I was sad because you guys didn't discuss my favorite joke from that episode, which is where uh, Carrie talks about how her and Mandy are Undertaker and Kane, and they have similar powers, so they don't fear each other. So We probably got scared off of that, to be honest with you, Sean, because myself and Pab know nothing about wrestling. <laughs> Even though we've been asked, there's a wrestling... Um, federation near us and we've been asked to wrestle in the wait summer. is it it's not it's not insane icw is it no cwf Sirencester wrestling foundation see i didn't understand that joke until sean explained it to me see so there you go i'm with you i i didn't know anything about wrestling and then when he explained the joke to me it was very funny but until that point i <laughs> didn't understand it yeah that's probably why we didn't get there we you know we both our um, wrestling knowledge, you'll know nothing about this, Sean, is probably Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, which is very early 80s. Hey, I guess, I, um, I mean, completely off topic here, and you guys, neither of you probably cares, but the UK's wrestling scene is, like, hotter than it's probably been in the last quite a while. So, you know, if you're interested... I believe it is. I believe it's growing. It's but like there. I said, we've been, we've been asked participate in the summer well it's under thoughts and negotiations and things but to actually wrestle for a, a charity thing so we'll see <laughs> i mean yeah you should do it why not what's the worst that can happen <laughs> well why not because nobody wants to see us in lycra you know? <laughs> that's why I mean. pay not to do it but no we, we are seriously looking at what we can do and whether it will fit into the schedules and everything like that but I'm really looking forward to it. So. Do, you, do you have a day job now or do you do this full time? I do for my sins, my secret identity. <laughs> yeah, I do. On a day okay. Job. Yeah, something, unfortunately, podcasting, as much as we uh, we love doing it, it's never going to make you a oh. No, no. We know. <laughs> Laura, Laura hears me moan about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you do it. You don't do it for the money. You do it because you love what you do. That's what we always yeah. said. You know, myself and Pav, we're about to. Um, my colleague Pav, we we set up. We five year anniversary will be this April. Um, so every year we put on an anniversary show. So it'll be the fifth anniversary show. Um, and yeah, I'm just. It's going to be big. It's going to be fun. Oh, to and well, a lot of pressure though, because every year we've sold out the anniversary shows. And uh, this year we've got to be awful on the fifth anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that'd be humiliating. I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. No, fingers crossed we will. Fingers crossed. All right, Neil. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can we find your stuff at? Well, the best thing to do, we've got the one stop, is uh, our website. So if you go to pancast.co.uk, you can just put it in Google, Pancast. Uh, it's got all of our podcasts on there, all of our events, everything we we do should be up on the website. We're also on Facebook. You can find us on Pancast, uh, Twitter, Pancast, Instagram, Pancast, um, back of the public loo door, Pancast, <laughs> everywhere, Pancast. Um, but yeah, and also if anybody's got any questions, they can just email us at pancast.live.com. Uh, if people just want to know about uh, WTAF, obviously, because that's what we originally spoke about, we also have a Facebook page with what WTAF. Um, then again, there's links on the website pancast.co.uk. So please do come and join us. And it's been great being on your podcast. Oh. We'll have to give you a shout out next time. You'll have to come and join us. One of you will, or both yeah, of you. Uh, prob great. Probably but... Laura will be the easier one to coordinate with. 
<laughs> right. Well, we'll be in touch. We will be in touch. It will be super. But thank you very much for having us. Well, having me as a guest. It's always nice to speak with that pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice to uh, it's nice to speak to somebody else about you know comedy and stuff. It's um, obviously it's it's great. We talk to each other all the time, but it's nice to get an outside perspective on stuff. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure any time. And you were the first guest on the El Dude Brothers podcast, so that's a, a very that's a that's a crown nobody will ever be able to take from. I don't you. know. I'm not sure that's true. I think no. I was the first guest, but then oh. I I became your co-host. So yeah. there you go. If, I guess if, if Sean's looking to, oh, I'll take it as the first man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it. That's a t-shirt made up now. But thank you thank guys. You. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're much. welcome. <laughs>